I'm here with John from Smash Hit Plunder, uh, a new VR game that's coming to PS4. I've just had a quick go, um, but obviously our listeners aren't going to be able to see that. So, uh, would you do us a favour and let the guys know what it's all about? Hi, uh, so Smash It Plunder is a game that we've been working on for just over about four years now. Um, and it's coming out on PSVR in October the 5th. Uh, we like to describe it as a physics sum up. Um, we have uh, literally interactive dungeons with lots of things to pick up, smash, shake, explore, and generally make a massive mess. Because uh, we like to say that in VR you don't have to worry about cleaning up afterwards. <laughs> Uh, which certainly keeps some people a lot happier. Um, it's uh, quite a big-ish game for VR, uh, because whenever we've been making VR content and playing VR content, um, we all think a lot of it's, it's not quite satisfying, it's not got the depth to it. Um, I think a speedrun of our game when we're testing works at about six hours. Um, plus, uh, we have two multiplayer modes as well, so however much, uh, however much you can get out of those as well. Excellent. Um, and it's a, it was quite a surprising art style um, in that it's a bit of a blend of quite, I want to say, pixely representation, block it almost a bit Minecraft mm -hmm. as, a, as a comparison, yep. but then also some very smooth, detailed visuals. And it works really well blended together. What made you decide to go down that route? Uh, so when we started doing VR, it, a lot of the accepted wisdom was you have to be realistic. Like for immersion, it has to be realistic, it has to look good. And actually as we were working on different prototypes, we found that really it's the interactions that make it. Like if everything looks photorealistic and then you stick your hand into something and it doesn't fall over, it doesn't even move, then suddenly everything feels fake and paper thin. Uh, so what we wanted is something more stylized um, but with the solidarity, like if you drop a glass, it smashes as you expect it to. If you put something in fire, it's going to burn. Um, so that was where we started from. And then we also had this idea that kept coming into our heads about like being in a classic 16-bit game. Yeah. Um, so like our, our TV display, the social screen, you get this kind of isometric view, um, which we, we base on kind of Mario RPG. Um, it's kind of a lovely tight view um, and we also it's very much trying to invoke the feeling of what a 16-bit game felt like but perhaps not how it would look if you went back to it now yes <laughs> yes uh, because often you go back to these and you you forget about the texture swim and the banding and the, the, the fact there's only really about 16 colors going on so <laughs> we want that color we want that feel but we still want it to feel modern and kind of fresh. And that's, that's an interesting point about it, because looking at it from the social screen element, standing back before I actually got hands-on, I'm looking at this isometric world with another player running around and all the things happening, and you think, you know, yeah, I, I recognise that genre. Then you put the headset on, and that's a completely different perspective. You are first person in the game, picking up the objects, throwing them around, smashing, hitting, plundering. Yep. It all, it's all in there. Um, what, what made you decide that actually that was the core purpose of the game? Ah, uh, where did we start from? I mean, once we started working on interactions, I think the smashing was one of the earlier things we got. And then um, we did a, a playtest um, event called VR in a Bar, which is a bar in loading uh, in London. Um, 
And we took the game there after about three, four weeks of development. And this was back on a, an Oculus DK1. Right. Um, so going back a bit. And we just took it there. And you, there was one room, there was a handful of objects. You could walk around and you could pick things up and you could smash things. And what we saw was people just really got into just smashing the heck out of things. Um, and we've always built around do some stuff, take it to a little event, see what players make of it, and then see the bits they don't get. It's like, okay, well, we'll do less of that, and the bits to do, we'll do more of it. Um, and we find some really interesting things. So the, one of the earliest ones we had, um, we accidentally started the player facing the wrong way. So rather than facing into this room, they were staring at this bookshelf, and it had a load of books, it had a few objects in it. And because they started there, and because this was like the first thing they'd seen in VR, this bookcase was the most interesting thing they'd ever seen in VR. And they'd spend the entire two minutes demo riffling through this bookcase. Um, because that's where all the details they had, um, which was lovely. Um, and we learned a lot of like the, how colors attract people and detail attracts people to what they want to do. But also, you know, you should start, you should really need to pay attention to what they're going to start seeing. Because people are drawn to something, and if there's still stuff there, they're just going to stay there and have fun. It's great. Uh, oh, fantastic, fantastic. So, um, the the first person movement in particular is is an interesting one because we know it's quite problematic for a number of people in VR. How have you gone about combating that and providing options? Uh, so there's a lot of different things to do for the movement. Um, for a start, we just provide options. Uh, so we have smooth, mo smooth walking and also what we call ratcheted or stepped, blinked, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, walking options. Um, crucially, we separate that out for walking and rotating because uh, for myself, I really, really need snapped rotations. But smooth forward movement, I'm kind of okay with. So I have that kind of setting. Um, other people might have gone the other way. We then have on top of that the, uh, the visual comfort modes, we call. So you can have that off, or you can have um, the narrowing, the, you know, the kind of the blinkers that come in. Um, and then we also have a nice mode that we call fog. So as you move, this kind of dark fog comes in. Obscures your peripheral vision, which is where you get a lot of the motion of your eyeballs from. Um, I've not seen anyone do that, actually. Um, it works really well for a lot of people, so that's kind of our default. Again, if you want, you can turn all of them off, because some people just want that. Um, we also have what we call stability cubes. Uh, we have little floating dust mites, and the dust mites move with you. Um, and they're, they're quite subliminal, but what it does, it, it breaks up the... Uh, breaks up the flow of pixels over your eyeballs and stops you having quite so much that feeling of like, I'm moving forwards, but my ears are telling me I'm standing still. Um, it's quite subtle, but when we turn them off or ramp them down, we definitely notice uh, people getting more real. Um, the one thing we see in our game is when they click to walk or push to walk forwards, if they're not feeling great, their shoulders will wobble backwards. and if we see that, we meet, that means when we're demoing it, we need to say, hey, there's some comfort options. Maybe you want to turn that on. Um, and we've got to the point now that we, we never see that unless someone specifically says, 
hey, what's it like with all the comfort settings off? That uh, and that note on the dust mites is is really interesting because I did notice them. I know uh, it, it's so subtle; it's just part of the game. And I didn't, I didn't even think that's what they were there for. That's that really really good. So, in terms of the game itself, what's what's one of your favourite things that's in there that you can reveal to us that will be a spoiler? Uh, I think my favourite bit of it is uh, what we call Poltergeist Panic. Uh, it's one of the multiplayer modes. Um, it's the VR player versus the TV players, uh, and it's kind of a bit hide and seeky. So the VR players are poltergeist, you can't see them, um, but you can see their actions. So if they pick something up, suddenly there's a levitating magic object there, and you smash it, and you see something smash. So uh, the the screen players, the people on the pads, have to track them down, just following this kind of trail of debris and levitating objects and hunt them down and, and pin them in and then you've got a torch and you can reveal them. Um, and it's definitely a modern and more advanced mode because uh, you, you need to know what you're doing and from the, the TV side you really need to coordinate and talk to each other. Uh, but when when you get a lot of really good players in it, it gets it gets very headspacey, like you're, you're psyching people out. You, you go for a door and then you immediately double back. Um, you're guessing like, well, I saw something over there, where is it going to be next? It's, it gets very much trying to get into the other players' heads. That, sound, that actually sounds like a lot of fun. I'd say. I, I definitely like something, um, something I used to play my other half with the, the couch co-op side of things, particularly you know, that, that could drive her mad. That could be great fun. Right, so uh, Smash It Plunder it is a lot of fun to play. It's out on the 5th of October. And is it exclusive to PlayStation at the moment? Yes, it's uh, exclusive on PSVR. Um, we have three single-player modes and two multiplayer modes. Uh, and you can go up to four people playing at once. Excellent. Thanks very much for your time this afternoon, and thanks for letting me play. Pleasure. Thank you.